Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Uh, was that little measly beep um, meaning I'm on? Because that was the same measly beep I heard the other day when I didn't know I was on. So it is It's weird, Amy. It's like it barely registers now. It's like, it's like mm. um, hi, that's not a very professional opening, is it? It's uh, January 25th, a day I love because it's the birth date of my my son, but uh, January 25th, 2021. Um, it is a Monday, which means, and you know what? It means a lot has happened since last we talked, but since you know who left, you know where, um, it's, it's, it's just less fraught. There's plenty of fraughtness around, that's for sure. There's a pandemic and a, I think a governance crisis in this country, but but not to have that bleeding, bloated, barbarian, you know, constant, forgive the alliteration, um, whatever. I'm just saying, it feels different. It does. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a little stuffy today. I want to begin uh, not in a very spectacular manner. Well, that's quite clear already. But uh, by uh, doing uh, two corrections. Um, in both cases, I cringed when I realized that I had said something that was, in fact, not true. <laughs> and when I spread stuff that is not true, I and I become aware of it. I really, really like to clean it up. So um, uh, the first is a is sort of a piddling little thing, but um, that was the fact that I did uh, say last week when it was announced that Wendy Bell had uh, gotten a new radio show at uh, a local radio station, um, I mentioned that I had worked uh, for the same uh, employer, the same owner, uh, Renda Broadcasting. Renda Broadcasting, when I worked for them, uh, when I was on WPTT, also owned WJAS and some other, I can't remember all the 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 letters and had stations outside of uh, Pennsylvania as well. And um, I told a story about uh, Renda and me and, uh, and I suggested that uh, Renda would appreciate Ms. Bell's politics uh, more than mine. And the thing is, I later discovered that um, Renda sold WJAS uh, in November. So he is not the person who offered her employment. And because I I said that, I, I just want to uh, take it back. He did not. He dumped WJAS in November for a cool two mil. And it was bought by, and get this, it was bought by St. Barnabas. You know, the you see Jim Roddy on television making, uh, doing commercials for St. Barnabas, Barnabas uh, Senior Living Centers. St. Barnabas bought WJAS, and uh, and it coincides with St. Barnabas's uh, politics. Um, so there you go. That's sort of an odd thing about. I would never. Don't go to St. Barnabas. Bunch of Trumps. It's like Trump Haven there. Okay. So that was the one, one, um, and I just wanted that in. And then the other was more consequential. Um, 
I had said that there was this piece in the New York Times, which is true, <laughs> and it quoted a bunch of, of big doctors about the fact that once you had the vaccine, you could be 99.9% .9 certain that you could not only were you protected, but that you could not give the uh, virus to somebody else. And uh, I quoted uh, one of the doctors uh, in the piece, Dr. Paul Sachs, who wrote in the New England Journal of Medicine, that uh, I can't essentially that he was absolutely unaware of any vaccine that prevented disease, but then somehow didn't prevent infection. And so he said, I don't know why they're not just coming out and saying it, that, you know, it, you're not going to be able to give the give it to somebody else. Uh, and, ooh, well, I have since been made aware by a um, by somebody who really pushed back against uh, that quote, uh, who is herself a uh, a journalist who covers things like vaccines, and she said in regard to this doc quote that he knew of no vaccine that would you know prevent the disease but then somehow allow the person who had the vaccine to still give the disease. She says this, I know four vaccines off the top of my head. And anyone who has reported on vaccines knows the most obvious, pertussis. And then she goes on to explain the others that it is well known that the pertussis vaccine uh, prevents the disease, but not infection. And that is true also of influenza, pneumococcal and rotavirus vaccines. And all three of those pertussis and these other multisyllabic ones I just said, they are all respiratory diseases. And so there is, you know, there's good reason not to say before studies have been done that the COVID vaccine will prevent transmission from a vaccinated person to an unvaccinated person, because we don't know that yet. The data isn't there. And this woman, Tara Hale, says the worst thing we could do is suggest that it does. First of all, that imperils a lot of people and again, hurts public trust. Um, so she went on, I, I shared with you this piece and she really went after the piece. And um, I, I just wanted to say that I had said so, so forthrightly that once you get the vaccine, uh, not only will you be secure, but you will not be able to transmit uh, COVID to anyone else. And her, her response was just so clear um, that that information is premature, very premature, and potentially harmful. So that's the biggie I wanted to, um, to share with you, okay? And as long as we're talking about when you get the vaccine, uh, let me just do a little bit of a personal uh, rant here. Um, I have shared with you my childhood trauma <laughs> of playing musical chairs at birthday parties. Um, I found that game, that children's game, so appalling as a child, 
And as an adult, I, I absolutely feel the same way. It, it is a game that, as a child, made me so anxious, <laughs> so anxious that I was just, you know, sort of beside myself. And I played it. I didn't, like, freak out. I didn't draw attention to my anxiety. But it was terrifying to me. And what does it have to do with musical chairs? Supply and demand, right? There's a demand for chairs, and the supply is always wanting. There is one chair too few in that game. And so when the music stops and you're supposed to claim a chair, one poor soul is going to be left out. No chair. And then that person's out of the game, and another chair is taken out. Okay. It's about supply and demand. <laughs> Speaking of vaccine, I feel that we are all now forced to play a game of musical chairs. Um, those of us. 65 and older, uh, have been told that the vaccine is available, that we are in the group that can go get it. The system, if you try to navigate it, both through the states, state, the county, hospital systems, drug stores, <laughs> They're all up there telling you different things and saying you can sign up here or do it there. And, and anyone who has attempted to do that has certainly, unless they're extraordinarily lucky, met with such confusion and uh, resulting anxiety and frustration. And so I, I've heard some people say it's sort of like the Hunger Games. Yeah, maybe it is more like that since the Hunger Games is about life and death and musical chairs is not. But simply to say that like the vaccine rollout is a mess and a disaster is not being vociferous enough. It is really uh, it is creating a situation in which people are left to elbow and jostle and trip up and get it, it feels like people are. You know, we're all like working to get it. And then some people do. Yeah, some people do. And others don't. And I was talking to a friend last night and I said, this whole thing is making me so anxious and frankly, so angry that exactly like musical chairs, <laughs> that I don't want to play. And if everyone would stop playing, but of course that won't happen. If everyone would stop this mad dash, this sort of like stampede in which people are getting hurt and some people who probably need the vaccine more than others are not getting it. Some that don't need it as immediately are getting it by virtue of their connections or their aggression or their ability to stay on the phone for 500 hours 24-7. That didn't make sense. Um, I, I really, really, really want to say <laughs> I am seeing, first of all, it shows that there is no function, there was no functioning federal government. And since they didn't fund the states, they dumped this on the states and then didn't give them funds. 
it is as big a public health disaster as the failure to uh, make masks mandatory, to shut down, you know, to, we, we have so bogged, just totally screwed this up from day one. And we want to thank the, uh, the Trump administration for all of it. But we're left with this mess. And I just want to say from a personal point of view, this has made me more anxious than the virus itself. And I want to tell people who have gotten the vaccine to essentially don't brag about it, especially to people who haven't. <laughs> because we're, we're now getting in a situation with haves and have not. And it has nothing to do with, you know, the who should have it and who shouldn't have it. It's just a friggin' horrible game of musical chairs slash the Hunger Games. And I'm sort of seeing that I do not have the kind of personality. I am extremely non-aggressive. I do not have the personality to play this game. I was talking to my friend last night. She doesn't either. And we both said, if this were the Hunger Games, <laughs> we'd both be dead. So just saying. Um, the thing that just totally just blew my mind was, I guess, drugstores, individual drugstores, independent drugstores are like getting a batch. And then, I don't know, they let it be known they have it. I don't know how they do. Uh, um, and some people find out and and um, people race over to the to the drugstore. Uh, a case in point is a drugstore in Bloomfield, Wilson's Drugstore. Don't go. It's gone. Wilson's Drugstore in Bloomfield. And uh, a bunch of people, some of whom I know, went racing over to Wilson's Drugstore, I guess this weekend or Friday or I don't know what. And... Um, I guess stood in line outside uh, and ended up getting the shot. But I, I learned these are not necessarily people who are 65 and older. <laughs> and this is the thing that angered me. It's whoever heard about it. It was people in their there were people there in their 40s, maybe 30s. I don't know. I didn't see the line. I just learned about some of this. And they got the shot. And that begs the question of what the hell is this drugstore doing giving the shot to people who are not on that agreed upon list from the CDC and the state. This system is so screwed up and I guess because the stakes are so high, your life, right, that some people will play hard. Go for it. But I'm sitting out. And I'm angry. And I'm learning things again about human nature. God, I've learned so much about human nature that I don't like. I often wondered if by accident of birth, I had been born earlier and in Europe and had 
been a European Jew when the Nazis rolled through, I had often wondered if I had whatever it took to survive. And you know what? I know the answer now. I don't. And it's okay with me. Gigi writes, whoa, your, wow, your musical chairs metaphor is perfect. The conflict between get vaccinated and the reality of we have no vaccine. I know, it's just, yes, I'm sorry, Gigi, I'll just, is maddening. Along with Pennsylvania's lack of a portal to simply register to get a vaccine when it's available. Exactly. If I click on one more frigging dot on a map, and then put in, you put in your zip code and, and uh, you say, I'm willing to go within 50 miles of, the, of that, uh, of that zip code. Sign me up somewhere. And it comes back every time. There are no appointments available within 50 miles of this zip code. I started putting zip codes in for all over the state, figuring I'd drive. My life's at stake, right? This is when I was still playing the game this weekend. And everyone, it didn't matter where, I got the same thing back. I don't know why the hell. Uh, they can't communicate with us better. And all these sort of independent operations like Wilson's Drugstore and who knows whose drugstore, I'm not so sure that should be allowed. I, it's a friggin' free-for-all. And Gigi, yes, is another thing. Once again, UPMC, the evil empire, shows its true colors by making sure every one of their employees even if they're working from home, would never, ever encounter a sick person in their lives are getting vaccinated before people who truly need it. Thank you, UPMC. What was their little tagline? Pick a, as if your life depended on it. Well, <laughs> what, jeez. Oh, okay. I think I'm done. I keep hearing in the and the uh, New York Times has a front page story on West Virginia doing better than any other state. Which you know what? I'm happy for him because anytime states get <laughs> states get ranked, you know, West Virginia is always like at the bottom of everything. They're pathetic. We all make jokes about them. Well, we ain't joking about this. And West Virginia has done a better job than anybody else. So I actually went to their website. I thought, West Virginia, that's close. And I thought, I'll get an appointment there. <laughs> this is when I was still playing the game. And um, it quite clearly said that it was for West Virginia residents. And I thought, well, if I have this same survival instinct that so many other people seem to have, I would say, who cares? They won't know. I'll, uh, you know, just I'll say I have a place here and I have a place there. Maybe they won't even ask. And I'm going to sign up anyway. But see, there are people who follow the rules in situations like this, and there are people who do everything they can to get around them. And I, believe it or not, am a rule follower. It's funny because I hate authority. But when it comes to this kind of thing, where you have such a massive undertaking, the people who don't follow the rules, like war profiteers, 
who see just an opportunity to make a killing or to make money or to do this or to, you know, for, you know I, I have such contempt for them. And they might come out richer. They might come out more alive. But I have contempt. Geez, a lot of you are telling me that today is the anniversary. See, I don't remember anniversaries. I don't remember anything. I don't know when I started this gig. I don't know what year it was. I don't know. I don't know anything except my immediate family's birth dates. That's it. But since you're the second person who's told me this, Chris, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll we'll put it out there. I don't want to be a downer, but I wanted to mention that it's 10 years today that Doug Hurst died. Wow. That is hard to believe. I can still hear him singing hello, hello. To start his show and end it with hello, I must be going. God, I miss hearing him. We didn't know how good we had it. Yeah, it would make Doug very, very, very happy, <laughs> excuse me, happy to know how so many people miss him. Ten years later, they still miss his voice, his humor, him. Because I, I think he died feeling very alone. Well, thank God, you know, you can find him on the Internet. You can hear the voice. He's around. Gosh. I drove him home after Lawrence Gaines' funeral. That was the last time I saw him. And it, he went down after Lawrence died. He really, really. I don't want to talk about it. I don't. All right. Well, then let's talk about, you know, there's such big things going on right now. And my my contempt for Mitch McConnell, my contempt, my I can't help but hate. I know there's so many of you say, I don't hate anybody. and. Guys, I can't join you in that. I can't. I have a capacity to hate. And I hate him. And I predicted this. That even as the so-called minority, you know, he's, he's the head of the mi minority. He's not the majority leader. <laughs> he's still calling the shots. And he's still keeping the Senate from doing any business, pretty much any business, except what he allows to be done. And I don't know what Democrats have to do, but they damn well better play as rough as he plays. He is a master. How many times do I have to say it? A master at this. No one is his equal. He's like a certain guy named Brady who dashed my hopes yesterday. There are some who are just clearly head and shoulders above, and he is. Democrats now control the Senate? Bull! They don't. They can't even put their people, their people to chair their committees in place. There are still Republicans chairing major committees because of Mitch. It's mind blowing. Mind blowing. Hang on, I'm I'm trying I'm sorry. I can't do I can't be angry doing rants 
looking at stuff, holding two phones, looking at my mail, and being coherent. At the, I don't know what, what can, I have a caller, maybe. Who knows? Hello? Good morning, Lynn. Yeah. How, how about some good news? I got some great news. Great, how good. About, how about Mr. Navalny from Russia? Oh, I love him. What a oh courageous God. man. Jesus, come on, Lynn. He's what man. a courageous man. He <laughs> comes back into Russia and, and exposes right in his back. He said, I'm not even going to be ex- outside of your, out of your walls of your country. I'm going into your country, in your jail, and exposing you. So I'm not afraid of you, Putin. Nobody has balls like him. Nobody. No. Our country Bill, has the tiniest little raisins. Yeah. He has this guy got monster balls. Well, he's going to end up dead, too. I'll tell you that. They'll kill him. Yeah. Yeah, but if they and he knows him, it. He is amazing. He is amazing. He's, I just, I mean, a married guy with two kids. They, they came after his mother, his kids, himself, and tried to poison him. They threw acid in his face. They've done everything to him. But you know what, though? He's gonna, if he keeps surviving. But if they kill him, though, then it's going to cause the whole country to explode. He knows they Well, I don't know. He's going to rape. Well, hopefully. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's a country that the people in it live in fear. fear. I mean, in, uh, true fear. I know. So I don't know. He's telling them, be like me. Right. The only way we get rid of this exactly. is that's to be like me. And, and you have to, he sets the example. He doesn't just talk to talk. He walks. No, no, walk. no. Right. No, I'm, mm. I'm, I, I'm, I, absolutely uh yeah enraptured by him and that's yes that's a man that is an extraordinary human being exactly so we can at least we have some people look look up to, to. look forward look up to instead of all yeah this. and it could be happening because if we're thinking about this too trump's out of the way now so he's giving he would give power to putin now he's gone putin's being suffering maybe all the world leaders are starting to crack all the internal Right. Don't get. Don't, I know. I'm getting excited. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're getting delusional. I know. I know. I know. I'm trying to pretend like okay, all this badness. Maybe there's a, 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 a the tunnel's coming out and the lights coming out. May I don't know. But then <laughs> in our country, we go back into darkness. Though so. there are rushes running towards democracy and freedom, and there are people are going towards our country. We have a minority. Well, it's only a small minority, but still trying to tear our country down. Even our president is trying to knock it down. <laughs> what the hell? Even our president? Tra- He's trying to knock our country down. He's trying to bring our country, our, our, the former president. Who? Trump. Oh, yeah. You said our president. He's not our president. No, no I'm sorry. The cur- uh, former president. He's, He's a convict. Yeah. The convict tried to bring our he tried to bring our own country down. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't even. I, no, they're patriots. I don't know what I don't know what you're reading. Those are patriots. They are saving <laughs> our country. God <laughs> bless them all. Know. All right. Hey, function, that's all we can do. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Talk to you. Bye-bye. 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 Okay. I want to, you know, actually talking about, um, well, before I took the call, there was a, a better segue, which is now deserted me. But um, there was a fascinating piece about something I didn't know about, which doesn't mean anything, but but speaking of the former president, one of the reasons, at least, it's been slightly calmer, probably in our guts, our heads, every, uh, the last, you know, week, not quite, is that he's been silenced. And that has to do with Twitter and Facebook uh, refusing to allow him to use their platforms. So, turns out, guys, did you know there is a, a group uh, a, a, a board is what it's called, although it, it's going to serve more as a court. 
that is made up of 20 people from all over the world. They represent 18 countries. Um, there's people on that, uh, on this court that have won peace prizes, that have won Pulitzer prizes, that were on short lists to be on the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, there's Colombia's leading human rights lawyer. There's a former prime minister of Denmark. This international court is called the Oversight Board. And it was implemented by Facebook just two years ago when Mark Zuckerberg, I guess, got sick and tired of being hauled into the Congress to explain <clears throat> why this person was not able to be heard on his, why he was the arbiter of who could have a voice and who could not. And so, even though it's not like Zuckerberg or any CEO to give away one of his greatest powers, which is the power to say no, he, after years and years of this constant criticism that Facebook was culpable for so much that was going on and wrong in the world, and that it was too slow to act on shutting down hate speech and this and all the other stuff, he formed this court. And he not only made this thing, and they've been they've been there for the last few years doing their thing. Um, they have a staff of thirty. They get paid six figure incomes. All these twenty people for what amounts to usually about fifteen hours of work a week. They are supposedly totally independent of Zuckerberg. And he has promised that whatever decisions they come to will be binding. Guess what case they, this court took up Thursday? The case of Donald J. Trump. And whether or not his suspension from Facebook should be lifted and if and when he should be permitted to come back on this forum and obviously then reconnect with his people. Um, I didn't know this was happening. Reading the article, people are saying, don't bet on them banning him for life. Don't bet it. Um, I don't know. There's a, a panel of five that have been chosen from the group of 20, and they're the ones that are doing the initial work one of the five is an American. I don't know who. Um, and then that the full court, the 20-person board, will review whatever the five uh, suggest. And at that time, they couldn't reinstate Trump's uh, direct connection to uh, millions of his supporters, or they could sever it for good. Their decision, by the way, is due before the end of April and has obvious implications, actually implications all over the world. And um, a number of world figures 
are are screaming already that no corporation, global and huge, whatever, should have the ability to silence the voices of elected officials, leaders in Germany and Mexico and Brazil and India have objected, and understandably, to the notion that essentially an American company could control their speech. So I'm just flagging this for you to, uh, you know, get ready for some real real fireworks and it, and it does i mean I, i'm not saying the the answers to this are 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 easy good heavens no but uh so there's that oh dear um philomena writes you are right this is so frustrating we're talking about the vaccine my husband and I are both over 65. I agree with you and we'll wait until things settle down. We order our groceries online. I go to Costco maybe once a month and I wear two masks. We'll just wait until there's a coordinated federal plan. My sister is a teacher and has been in the classroom since September. It's a Catholic school and she hasn't been able to get vaccinated. Oh, but a lot of people have who don't have that level of exposure. God, makes me angry. I think teachers and grocery workers should be vaccinated ASAP. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are quite willing to play the game. Regarding Mitch, I loathe them as much as I loathe Trump. Okay, we're on the same page then. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, God. I want to note the passing of Larry King. I was never a big fan, although, you know, man, he, you can't, uh, you know, as I, I read the obits and stuff, I, I thought, you know, he, what he had was an ability to just talk to anybody, not talk himself a lot, because he didn't. He really didn't. He listened. He was curious. He knew how to keep a conversation going. And uh, I remember being so appalled when I heard that he never read the book of any author he had on. And he bragged about it, but he never read the books. I thought, what? I mean, I would read the books. Uh, and then I began thinking more about it uh, since his death. And the fact is, um, not reading the book would allow for him to uh, do what he did best, which is just sort of engage in a conversation. So, well, what did you write this book about? And then just pick it up and see where it went. And he said often when someone would read the book and then interview the author, they spent too much time talking themselves because they had too much information as opposed to just coming to it with curiosity, interest, and a willing ear. And uh, so and I'm not going to, I mean, it sure as hell worked for him. Saved him a lot of time too, I'll tell you. So, the uh, uh, the only other thing that I can uh, remember, and God knows in my memory, that means it's I'm forgetting a lot, is that I did interview him very, one of the first interviews I did when I got into talk radio. Um, I wanted to find out how to do what it was I was 
supposed to do. So when I was at WTA radio, my first gig, I, I did have Larry King on and, um, the one thing I remember him telling me, which uh, was really important, and I've kept it in my head, although it's hard sometimes, he said, and I quote, never, ever do the show for your callers. He was saying, even though you develop, you know, if, especially with us, because callers call and I more than once and you develop a rapport, don't, he was saying to me, think that the callers are your audience. They're a little teeny weeny, 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 weeny part of your audience. He said, obviously, most people will never call ever. And so don't get confused. Uh, don't let the callers represent in your head your audience. Don't do the show for the callers. So that's something Larry King taught me. And I've tried, <laughs> but it's, it's not easy because, you know, callers squeaky wheels, people who, you know, contribute something, you know, get into my head more, although emailers can as well. Um, uh, what else do I have here? Oh, so also over, oh, I just don't have time to go into all of this. So this, what we're learning more and more of Trump working every angle to overturn uh, the election and finding out about this guy in the Justice Department who actually tried to knock off, I, de I don't mean literally, to depose the acting Attorney General Rosen, Jeffrey Rosen. Um, and he was in cahoots with Trump on this. And when I first saw the article, it was the New York Times broke it, and it said that the guy, his name is Clark, who was bent on becoming the acting attorney general himself and then doing Trump's bidding, that this guy was introduced to Trump by, the New York Times said, a Pennsylvania Republican congressman. Now, since Pennsylvania Republican congressmen are as vile a group of insurrectionists as there are, I mean, they're amazing. Voting to actually throw out our votes. They wanted to throw Pennsylvanians' votes out. The votes that got them reelected. I thought, who the hell is the Republican congressman? Which one? And it took a few days for someone to, you know, break the story. And, and it's a guy from York and his name is Scott Perry. And man, he should be thrown out. Any of these people who actively worked to subvert the will of the people should not be allowed to sit in the Congress of the United States ostensibly representing the will of the people. And some people are suggesting, you know, to do this impeachment trial in a few weeks is actually too soon because we are learning more and more and more every day of how systemic this so-called spontaneous riot was. 
and how much Trump was involved in not only subverting the Justice Department, trying to get things to the Supreme Court that Rosen wouldn't do, the more you start to see that Trump was fully aware of what he had set in motion. What else I got for you? Oh, I love this story. I love this story. You remember that wonderful story out of France last year about Maurice the rooster <laughs> in some little little rural village whose whose cockadoodly doodling was uh, annoying some urban folks who had come there to uh, vacation, and so they tried to get uh, the rooster. Uh, I don't know, shut up. And uh, it went into the courts and uh, the rooster won. He's dead now, but the, the rooster won. A resounding victory. Well, it turns out that that case, I mean, really stayed in the French uh, political consciousness because the French, is it a parliament? The French government, the legislative branch, has uh, passed a new law that is called the, it's too funny, what's the name of it, what's the name of it, I can't, I can't find it. Um, in the law, they uh, say that the French would preserve the sensory heritage of our countryside. And that means not just sounds like roosters, but the smell of manure, uh, the croaking of frogs, the quacking of ducks, the bleeding of sheep, the braying of donkeys, all of it could not be said to be some kind of a noise that could be shut down. It is, as they said, part of the sensory heritage of our countryside. And one of the lawmakers in the French Senate said this, our rural Territories are not just scenery, they are also sounds, smells, activities, and practices that are part of our heritage. So now they have been protected from urbanites wanting parts of the country experience, but not all of the country experience, and thinking they can come in and get rid of the parts they find a nuisance. I love this law. And it turns out that Maurice the rooster was not the only case that the French were seeing. There was a, a case where, and these urban jerks won, where a court actually ordered a French couple to drain their pond because their neighbors complained about the incessant croaking of frogs who took up residence in the pond. And in another, a court said a horse had to be kept 50 feet away from the neighboring property because the neighbors didn't like the smell of his droppings. There was even a case where tourists complained loudly, loudly about the singing of cicadas and the mayor of that little town actually responded by installing a six-foot statue of a cicada. I think that's a little overboard myself, but whatever. Anyway, just saying uh, that I suppose is finally the last uh, chapter <laughs> on that story. 
and what else I got here? Oh, I should note the passing as well of Hank Aaron. Absolutely. Um, do you know, I th the first baseball game I ever saw, I mean, first major league baseball game I ever saw, Hank Aaron was in it because I can't remember why, but our family went to Milwaukee for a Braves game in the 50s. So I was young. Um, I'd never been to such a thing. It could have been when they were in 56, they won the, uh, the World Series. So that must have been what it was. It was either the, um, you know, the playoffs or the whatever. Uh, <clears throat> and, and I remember it was, uh, it was really exciting. I've always re remembered that game. That was an incredible, uh, you know, team. Hank Aaron, <laughs> Eddie Matthews. I'm trying to remember. Del Crandall, Warren Spahn, Lou Burdett. Who am I forgetting? Lots of people. Um, but Hank Aaron was just the best. And I was much older when he broke Babe Ruth's uh, record. And I was able to see what he endured for having the temerity to prove himself better than a white man. And what should have been this joyous occasion for, for Hank Aaron breaking Ruth's record of 714 home runs instead was a traumatic one for him because he was a black man in a racist country. And so when he hit those, those runs that took him over the top, he did it with death threats. And imagine, you get a death threat and then you have to go out, stand alone in front of tens of thousands of people and then perform and it would take just one guy with good aim and a gun to take you out? Can you imagine? So he had to deal with that. And he still prevailed. And again, this is just so sad that this would have been. The baseball commissioner didn't bother coming to, you know, when he did it. Um, he was insulted. I mean, it's just, and okay. So that wasn't 56 or 57 when I saw him. I mean, this was, when was that? Um, when did he break the record? It was it was much later, and and we white Americans still, uh, you know, sort of oblivious, just oblivious. So here are Hank Aaron's words. It really made me see for the first time, which is really something since he grew up in like the scary South. It really made me see for the first time a clear picture of what this country's about. My kids had to live like they were in prison because of kidnap threats. I had to duck. 
I had to go out the back door of the ballparks. I had I had to have a police escort with me all the time. I was getting threatening letters every single day. All of these things have put a bad taste in my mouth and it won't go away. They carved a piece of my heart away. Thank you, Amy. It was 1974. Yeah, you should remember that. And um, yeah. Okay. I think that's. I think that's it. As far as I know. Um, I thank you for joining me. And um, I should be back tomorrow with uh, my sister in tow. Okay? Be careful. Don't play the game if it makes you anxious. Just sit. Be safe. Be safe. Be careful. Okay? Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.